0: Welcome to the Sex and Astrology podcast. I'm Brandy Joy, your host. I'm an astrologer and esoteric teacher. You can find out more about me on my website, BrandyJoy.com, where I teach magic and astrology. So today we are talking about the eighth house in astrology, the house of sex, sex and intimacy and psychological healing. Now there are two houses, two primary houses, I should say, that are associated with sex. We have the fifth house, which is the house of romance and creativity, pleasure, fun, children, creating children, (laughs) and more of the uh, romantic parts of sex, pleasure and joy and stuff. We'll have another episode on that. Today, we're going into the eighth house, which is the deep psychological house, the house of sex and intimacy and shared resources. I almost named this podcast, Sex and Astrology. I almost named it the Eighth House podcast, because Eighth House is sex, right? But then I was like, oh, some people won't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) But we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about the Eighth House. We're going to talk about the mythology first associated with the Eighth House to kind of give you a little bit of an understanding of the Eighth House. And then we're going to talk about the key themes of the Eighth House. And finally, I'm going to talk about each sign in the eighth house. So this might be a little bit more of a intermediate kind of thing. I I should say beginner, but if you don't even know what a house is, you might want to watch my 101, (laughs) you know, how to pull a birth chart, what is it, how to read a birth chart, um, video posts that I have on YouTube and I also have it on my website on brandyjoy.com where I break down what an astrology chart is. I go over the houses, I go over the planets and the signs just basically to give you an idea of what I'm talking about here. So if you're not ready for this, if you don't know what a house is, you might want to just go look at that first and I have a breakdown on my blog um, so that you can see what an astrology chart looks like. It's a round circle because I do tropical um, astrology, tropical Western astrology, which is just basic Western astrology. Uh, so you'll see like a circle and that is, um, it has like 12 houses in it kind of divided up like a pie. And, uh, so you have an eighth house, right? And so each house has one of the 12 signs on it for you. And the houses, they are all parts of your life, right? So your second house is all about your finances and your resources in life, your assets. Your third house is about like your communication. Your seventh house is, has to do with your your marriage partners and business partners, right? Your eighth house is all about your shared resources including your your sharing of your body and your soul right? So this is like the house of connection, deep psychological connection, deep psychological transformation. Um, this house is ruled naturally by Scorpio archetype, which means it's very deep. It's very transformative, has to do with the underworld and shadow work, right? So yeah, anyways, you have 12 different houses in your astrology chart. And, um, if you pull your astrology chart or you have somebody else pull it for you, it's pretty simple nowadays. You can just go to astro.com, type in your birth information, and it gives it to you. And you have to learn like what the, the symbols of the signs look like. So for instance, you need to know what the Aries symbol looks like um, to know like where Aries is on your chart. You have to know what Aquarius looks like, the little squiggles, and where that is on your chart right? In order to know like what sign is on your eighth house. Because again, everyone has every single sign archetype in their astrology birth chart. Okay. You do. You have all 12. You have Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer. You have every single one of them, all 12 in your birth chart. Okay. So when you look at your birth chart, you'll see that your eighth house has a certain sign on it, right? Um, when I look at my birth chart, I can see that I have Leo on my eighth house. Okay. So again, go to my website and watch my blog post, my video post, and like read over it where I explain all of this if you don't know what I'm talking about. But anyways, let's jump in. We're going to go over each sign a little bit later, but first I want to talk about the mythology a little bit in terms of the eighth house and what it means. So the eighth house It's associated with a few, like, goddesses and gods and stuff. And one of them is Medusa. Um, And I'm going to go into the one that's associated um, here with Persephone, Hades, and Demeter. Okay? All right. So if you don't know this myth, um, let's quickly go over it. Um, If you do know the myth, then you know what I'm talking about. So Hades is... um, Hades is the god of the underworld, right? Um, And Hades is um, also associated with the underworld itself, right? Now, in this story, in this mythology, you have Demeter. Demeter is the goddess of nature, the goddess of agriculture, right? The beautiful goddess of earth. Um, You know, springtime flowers when you think of Demeter right? And Demeter had a daughter named Persephone and Persephone was out in the field playing in flowers when Hades came out of the underworld, grabbed Persephone and took her down into the underworld. When this happened, Demeter went into a depression and neglected her duties, right? This is the story that I have read, neglected her duties. And so we have winter, right? Because she was depressed, Well, Zeus intervened and um, was negotiating for Persephone's release out of the underworld. Unfortunately for Persephone, she ate pomegranate seeds because she was hungry when she was down there in the underworld. When you eat something in the underworld, well, now you are a part of it. You have to stay there, right? So there was like a negotiation where now she has to, Persephone has to be in the underworld for part of the year. That's where we get the seasons from, is this myth, right? That's that's the idea of where the seasons come from. It's like the myth associated with the seasons of winter, and then we have springtime and summer, and then we have the fall and winter. And that cycle of death and rebirth of nature is Persephone being stolen by Hades down into the underworld, winter, fall and winter, right? And then she comes back out of the underworld for spring and summer because then her mother Demeter becomes very uh, fertile and happy and creates this wonderful nature world but then Persephone has to go back down in the fall and so then we have like you know we go down into Scorpio which is the fall right that's the end of October down into November right you get it okay so anyways um this is about that uh, cycle of life, death and rebirth. And so the myth highlights the dynamics of power, control, transformation, the the cycle of life and death and rebirth. And also um, it gets really deep because it's more than just power and control. It's about sacrifice and um, sacrificing yourself to, um, like letting go and experiencing loss. Uh, So they have to go through this transformational phase every year, right? The mythology archetype. So you can see that this eighth house is associated with this, this cycle of death and and rebirth. And so it is the house of death. It's the house of death, rebirth, transformation. Um, Also, Hades took Persephone as his bride. And there's nothing negative in the mythologies that I've read about Persephone and Hades being together. Supposedly they love each other, right? And she is his bride and she goes down there and she spends half the time with her husband Hades and half the time with her mother Demeter up in nature, right? And because of this, it, it is it is that sharing of the marriage in terms of she goes down into the underworld and she shares herself with her husband in the underworld for half the year, right? Um, So the key themes of the eighth house, right? So we talked about the myth. Let's talk about those key themes now. Sexual connection and intimacy. This kind of sexual connection is the deep transformational connection, has to do with truly sharing yourself with someone, experiencing vulnerability, uh, going through healing because when you are truly connecting with another soul you are going through a psychological healing right that's what it's, it symbolizes is the psychological healing from the depths of the soul connecting with another trust is a huge one here trust in relationships and so the role of the 8th house is about learning to build and break trust within intimate connections and that's, that's a big issue because if you have some bad stuff going on with your eighth house, meaning maybe you have the malefic planets, the evil planets in your eighth house, or maybe a tough sign or something going on with your eighth house, maybe a harsh aspect in astrology, whew, you know, we'll go over this, but you could attract crisis. You could attract partners that have problems emotional problems, deep psychological problems, partners that have intimate problems, right? Um, You could also have some good stuff. So, I mean, even if you have some bad stuff, you can have some good stuff associated with your eighth house too. But it has to do with trust. It has to do with intimacy. It has to do with sharing. Sharing yourself with another person. True vulnerability and trust. And also sharing resources and finances. That's another big part of this. And you've probably heard this before. If you know anything about the eighth house, it's like death, sex and taxes. (laughs) Well, it has to do with shared resources. It has to do with sharing. And so other people's stuff, that's what this house is. Other people's stuff, other people's money. If you have trouble um, in terms of like, maybe you attract partners that don't have any money or lose their jobs, right. Or struggle financially for some reason, Maybe they have mental illness or something like that. That can be eighth house stuff. This is where you want to look in your chart when you keep attracting this kind of deep psychological stuff into your life, sexual problems. It could be your end, right? Your problems, or it could be the other person's problems. Either way, internal or external, it's a manifestation of that house and This house can be really good and this house can be really bad because it can be like, oh my God, merging of the souls. So wonderful. Right. And loyal. This is the house of loyalty and trust, but it's also the house of, of death, sex, and taxes. (laughs) And so it can, you can definitely have a lot of issues here if you have like Saturn or Mars in that house, especially because those houses, um, can be, I mean, sorry, those planets can be troublesome, right? And so they'll show trouble in that area, which I'll talk about. But power and control dynamics come up here a lot in this house because remember the myth, it is about navigating power dynamics in their relationships. So it has to do with negotiation, it has to do with finding a balance between Persephone, you know, what's fair here? She's married to Hades. She loves her mother. She wants to be in both places. So she has to share and balance, right? So the power dynamics, self-sacrifice, control, um, you know, sharing resources, manipulation is another issue with this house. Um, so really learning to embrace deep emotions and vulnerabilities and growth, transformation, going through Growth phases, which means facing your own shadows, this is the house of shadows, is a way for you to become the best version of yourself. If you really dive into your personal eighth house, if you look at your astrology chart and you go, okay, this is the sign and these are the planets that are all associated with my personal eighth house. What can I do to be the best version of myself here and attract the best type of people into my world, right? So you want to do shadow work there. You want to get to know yourself and become aware of your own archetypes there. It can be very healing, right? You can also, if you do have some issues with that house, you could do some magical remedial kind of work, which I'm not going to talk about today. I'll talk about on another episode because today I just wanted to go over what this eighth house is and um, go over the signs and what they mean in the eighth house. All right, so. So first, I want to mention the symbols associated with the eighth house, because if you have a strong eighth house, meaning you have a planet there, or um, maybe the ruler of your your rising sign, your ascendant, it's in your eighth house, or right something is going on where your eighth house is very profound in your life, then you are going to be very drawn to these symbols. And these symbols include like the symbols of death. So like the death tarot card, if you're one of those people that loves the death tarot card, you probably have a strong eighth house. I mean, you have a lot of focus in your eighth house in this life. It's about deep connection, psychological healing, shadow work, right? Um, really transforming and becoming the best version of yourself and your best version in terms of relationships, especially. Um, could be that you, and another thing with death, right, is mediumship, psychic mediumship. So maybe you are a psychic medium, or maybe you are very attracted to going to people that are psychic mediums and talking to the dead, right? Um, Maybe you are into uh, the occult. Um, That's another thing that's very associated with this transformative, because the occult is what is hidden. And it has to do with deep alchemical psychological transformation, which is the eighth house. Okay, so the occult, like if you're into magic, if you're into the mysteries of life and meditation, tantric yoga, right, sexual yoga, um, experiences that are taboo are eighth house. Relationships that are deeply passionate or deeply emotional, um, that's very eighth house. If you are attracting people with problems with intimacy and finances, usually that's an eighth house issue. Uh, You could be obsessed with like God or Satan or death and and past lives. That's all eighth house stuff, like understanding it, having to know, right? Because not everybody has to know this stuff. If you're watching this... or you're listening to this, um, you're probably very 8th house oriented. If you are attracted to the podcast title, Sex and Astrology, you know, you're listening to the right thing, because you're a very 8th house kind of person. Um, You could be in existential crisis a lot, or maybe you have been in the past. Existential crisis is when you're like always struggling with reality. Like for instance, Um, going into maybe depressions because people in the world are dying, animals are dying, um, dealing with the fact that maybe you struggle with being an atheist or struggle with um, losing people in life, thinking about it a lot, things like that. Um, So there, there can be like this focus or even obsession on these kinds of things. And that would mean that you're very eighth house oriented. You could be very interested in like, uh, like I I have the one episode um, on here, sex magic, right? You could be very interested in sex magic or very interested in out-of-body experiences. Okay. So let's talk about the signs, the signs, each sign, I'm going to go over each sign quickly um, associated on your eighth house. Okay. So look at your chart and see what sign is on your eighth house cusp. All right. So at the beginning of your eighth house. If you look at whole sign charts, that's even better. That's easier. Because then you just see the whole sign sitting there on your eighth house, okay? And again, if you need any help with that, just run to my blog. <laughs> if you're in my, uh, my, my courses or anything, I go over this stuff in detail. But let's talk about the signs. Okay, so we'll start with Aries, the first sign of the zodiac. So think about Aries, right? Aries, if you have Aries, the, sim, the sign Aries on your eighth house, you're probably very straightforward in your intimate connections, um, your intimate relationships. You are probably somebody that is um, very exciting, very passionate. Um, you take initiative in your intimate relationships. You're very straightforward. You know, um, somebody that has a lot of energy, in that area usually. Now, again, you guys, if you have planets there, that's going to change this. And also there's other things going on. So the ruler of your eighth house, which I'm not going into this podcast, would also have an effect here. But just giving you the straight sign, just talking about the sign itself, right? This would make you have certain ways about being intimate and sharing resources with people. OK, so if you do have Aries there, it would make you likely very straightforward in your sexual relations, in your intimacy. Um, again, other things can change this stuff, but that will give you that tendency. And maybe it's only until you get comfortable with somebody, but you become very fearless in your attitude with intimacy and sex and trust and loyalty and stuff. That, that's very important to you. And usually you're very direct and very passionate. OK, so let's talk about Taurus. Okay, so if you have Taurus on your eighth house, you probably are somebody that, you know, really likes stability in your intimate partnerships, a lot of loyalty because Taurus is the super loyal sign, right? So earth signs, especially very loyal, very steady, very stable. They like that stability. They don't want to be with somebody that necessarily lives like in another country, especially if they're in love with them. Right? They want to have that person there with them. They want that stability in their intimate relationships with someone. Uh, they're not usually somebody that can casually date and just kind of, you know. I mean, they can when they're younger. It depends on other archetypes. But if you have Taurus on your eighth house, you can get really loyal and really deep. And that's your preference. It's like you prefer to have somebody that you are deeply connected to in a very stable and loyal And kind of homey, kind of way. Next, we have Gemini. So, when Gemini is on your eighth house, that would make you more curious, more adaptable, more flexible in your intimate relationships. Also, you probably like communication, good communication. Uh, So, maybe you feel closest to someone and more trusting with someone when there's more communication. So communication becomes very important in your intimate connections. If you're with somebody that's super, super silent, never really talks to you, you're not going to be super happy in that relationships in terms of intimacy. Okay. So intimacy and sex, very important to have good communication, a good back and forth, um, some fun, a little bit, it lightens up the eighth house a bit. So it makes you a little bit more about like intellectual stimulation and um, being more adaptable and fun and curious in your eighth house of, of sex and relationships. So it's not going to be like, um, it's not going to be super quiet in bed. It's going to be more like usually fun and versatile and you might be even open possibly to experimenting more experimenting with different like uh taboo kink um, it could also be that you want to experiment with you know poly relationships like multiple partners or even group sex who knows I mean but if you have like Scorpio Venus or Mars or moon like you might not be into that. (laughs) Or Taurus or something, right? So you can see how you need a personal reading to really, really see about your sex life. But I'm just talking about one aspect of it, which is the eighth house. Okay. Cancer. So the cancer archetype, if you have cancer on your eighth house, then you are likely somebody that is very protective and very nurturing, very sensitive and passionate in your relationships and in your intimate relationships. Um, usually uh, very much like Taurus, you like that stability, you like that security in the intimate partnership. Trust is, is something that you need. You need somebody that you can trust to have a really deep shared intimacy Now, again, remember, I'm not talking about fifth house, you guys. I'm not talking about the fun, romantic dating stuff. I'm talking about your intimate partners, the ones that you really go deep with, that you're really in love with in that deep, soulful way, right? So when cancer, when you have cancer on your eighth house, that means that you become like, um... Like you want security there. You know, you're not going to be super lighthearted in sex. Usually you're going to be a little bit more about the emotional depth and the um, security and, and being protective and like very, very close sexually um, where you can really trust each other. Trust will be a big issue for a water sign too. Uh, so let's talk about Leo. So Leo on your eighth house. <laughs> Leo on the eighth house means that when it comes to your sexual partners, it's really important that they respect you and look at you like you're special. Because when they don't, you get turned off. It's like, forget it. Not happening. You have to have respect and you have to be looked up to in terms of, you know, you as a sexual partner, you as an intimate partner, you as someone that... Um, you know, is is a part of them. Like you want to be that special person. Right? And, you know, you really seek passion. You seek, you seek passion and, and sometimes even drama in your intimate relationships. Uh, you get very emotional and very worked up about your relationships with 8th House, um, Leo. And typically you will be very, um, very generous, right? Leo is a very generous sign. So very generous, um, you like to give, In your intimate relationships, you like to give, if you know what I mean, sexually. (laughs) Um, But you also, you seek admiration. You seek being like, I'm special here. And you seek loyalty, especially as a Leo archetype. Leo sign on your eighth house. Okay, so Leo can be a lot of fun and very fun and generous and giving, but also expects to be looked up to, expects to be like, I'm up here in your eyes as an intimate partner. Like I am the one, I am the best. Okay. (laughs) So that's Leo. Virgo is the sign of service (laughs) and intellect. So Virgo is kind of a shy sign though. So the Virgo archetype, when you have the Virgo sign on your eighth house, that's going to make you, you pay attention to detail you get very intuitive with your lovers like you know you know what they like you know if they don't like something super analytical in in the bedroom right like precision <laughs> can be like the precise lover like technique wise like very very uh, analytical, smart, pays attention, like what's happening, and also very service-oriented Virgo. So if you have Virgo in your eighth house, like you're usually very psychological in bed. You know what I mean? If you're a Virgo, <laughs> pay attention to the detail, precision. And um, it's really important um, that uh, you have a good psychological connection with this person to have a connection that is very deep to have a connection that is you trust this person um and also Virgo likes psychological stuff. Uh they're very mutable and very much in their mind. So they like fantasies and stuff and it's kind of a weird one because Virgo is very taboo and very psychological, but they're also very shy and very like, "Oh no, I'm like" It's like, it's like the nerdy librarian that is actually really wild in bed. That's the Virgo. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to Libra. So the Libra archetype, the Libra sign on your eighth house, this sign, uh, it wants harmony, it wants balance. But usually it has a lot of imbalance, right? And that's why it seeks balance in the relationships, and the partnerships. It's always seeking balance. So Libra individuals, they um, they usually really want to have everything shared. Like when they're in love with you, they want to have, you know, shared resources, shared bank accounts, shared, shared everything and um, honesty and openness and, uh, you know, just pure balance in the partnership. And um, they are also like Virgo, very, very pleasing. Um, and they like for you to be well-groomed really important for Virgos and Libras, actually, Uh, for their partner to smell good. They they might want you to go take a shower first. (laughs) Um, They are very attracted to beauty. And what you see as beauty is going to be different for everyone. But um, they're very attracted to uh, something that is pleasing to them, right? Um, You know, they can't just have sex with anybody, you know, if you have Libra on your eighth house, it's usually that you need them to be groomed and be cleaned and you find them like attractive. That's important for you. If you have Libra on your eighth and you just, you seek fairness and cooperation. So if you're Libra and you're with somebody that just lays there, you're not going to be happy. (laughs) You need somebody that's all about the balance, right? You give, they give right? It's all about like the back and forth. And once somebody like you realize that they're like not going to give what you're giving, you're gone. (laughs) Or you'll just be really, really depressed until they leave. Anyways, anyways, we have Scorpio on the eighth house. And so this is the natural ruler. Like I shouldn't call it ruler, but the natural sign of the eighth house is Scorpio. Like eighth house is very Scorpio. Right, so usually uh, somebody that has Scorpio on the eighth house, they are very passionate, very deep, very loyal, and their relationships they like they like to have really deep, passionate sex. They like to have um, that transformative sexual experience that maybe lasts for hours. Right, um, so they're all about the passion. They're all about really getting into um, a place where you really merge and become one, like true intimacy, true honesty and vulnerability and going deep together, you know, really. um, And another big thing, if you have a lot of eighth house stuff, um, focus in, in your world and you're very, you have Scorpio or Pluto in your eighth and stuff, like when it comes to sex, like you want to have orgasm together, right? You want to connect and merge and become one. It's like this, this uh, you're very attractive too, usually with that Scorpio 8th uh, house stuff, you are very magnetic, you know? And when I say attractive, I mean like energetically attractive, like you just energetically attract people. You're deeply emotional uh, if you have Scorpio on the 8th deeply emotional and passionate, and uh, it's all about the merging. It's all about the deep, deep connections. Then we have Sagittarius on the eighth house cusp. So Sagittarius is the sign of adventure and philosophy. So this person, they like they like adventure in bed. They like some, some freedom, some fun. They might be more exploratory sexually. They might be, now again, might be, right? Depends on other things. <laughs> but the Sagittarius archetype would be very adventurous, very exploratory. Um, somebody that would want to experiment and try different things and different people. Um, they're not usually going to be somebody that, now again, depends on other things, but they're not usually with this archetype going to be somebody that uh, gets with one person as a teenager and just stays with that one person for the rest of your life. Or you're going to want to explore, even if they are with that one person, they, they might want to mix it up a bit and say, hey, how about we go try swinging, <laughs> right? So Sagittarius on the eighth house cusp can make you a little bit more about adventure and freedom and, and your intimate life. And having like a partner that's fun and a little more lighthearted, like maybe Gemini archetype. Maybe you like people that are a little bit more air-like or fire-like. They're they're a little bit more, um, they're not so like deep dive, right? They're more like, yeah, let's, let's have fun with this. Let's try some things. Like, let's do all of the things and see what we like, right? That's very Sagittarius. So Sagittarius on your eighth house cusp can definitely give you some of that. And then we have Capricorn. So Capricorn, very much like Virgo and Torres, very earthy. They like a partner that, um, you know, a deep sexual partner that is very loyal, very honest. Um, you know, somebody that is, um, their approach to intimacy is responsible. <laughs> um, somebody that uh, is deep and loyal and, uh, you know, somebody they can trust because Capricorn's They can definitely have some trust issues, Capricorn energies. Uh, So if you Capricorn on the eighth house, uh, (laughs) Capricorn doesn't like to be in the eighth house. (laughs) Uh, So there can definitely be some trust issues there. There can be some issues um, where there's a coldness early on in life, in your intimate life. So it might take a little bit of time, a little bit of work, a little bit of exploring before you get comfortable with going deep and very trusting with people. Uh, So this can be a little bit of a coldness in the intimate life and the intimate, you know, experiences. So it could be that you attract some partners that maybe are cold to you or have made you not trust, right? Um, Or it could be that maybe you have kind of directed that sexual energy more into work, Right. There, there's a little bit of a sometimes of an issue with the Capricorn energy there, but they need somebody that that can be there for the long term. Capricorn likes a long term commitment. Um, it's a very grounded kind of energy. And so their approach is usually a little bit more structured, a little bit more like, hey, can I trust you? Like they might test you quite a bit first to make sure and take their time really committing Um, If they have like the true Capricorn archetype just on their eighth house. Okay. Uh, So let's talk about Aquarius. Aquarius and Capricorn are actually a little similar, but Aquarius likes a little more freedom. Uh, Capricorn is more like, right? Down to earth, grounded, like stable. Let's be loyal. Aquarius, very loyal. um, But also they like, a little bit more independence, a little bit more freedom in their intimate life. Uh, So they might be more open to unconventional and progressive approaches in their intimate life. Uh, They might be more open to trying some different things and even initiating that. Um, Again, this might not be everyone, but this would be your typical Aquarius 8th house. And so if you are somebody that has Aquarius 8th house, you might be somebody that is open to exploring and and checking out maybe uh, some taboo things, uh, going to, you know, um, some kind of dungeon and exploring kink or um, trying out some swinging and things like that. So the Aquarius archetype is open-minded, but also can also be very loyal and also very practical and very um, likes that stability as well. So they're going to be more open to exploring with someone usually that they trust, someone that they can feel secure with, right? Um, So they're a little bit more practical, but they're also unconventional. So it's an interesting mix. Um, So again, open-minded, but also there has to be that, that stability and that honesty and trust there as well in order for them to feel like they can be vulnerable and really stick around for the long term because Aquarius will walk. Like you do something to an Aquarius where they don't trust you anymore. You disrespect. Nope, gone. You know, Aquarius is not taking it. (laughs) All right. So finally, um, that brings us to Pisces, the last sign of the Zodiac, the baby, the old man, really. (laughs) Aries is the baby. Pisces is the old man. Sorry. Um, So Pisces is the elder. So Pisces are super intuitive, right? So Pisces on the eighth house, that makes you intuitive in bed that makes you compassionate and sensitive to your lover. You probably have a lot of energetic connection to your like your lovers, like your you know, intimate partners, not just people you're on fun with, but people that you have like that deep connection with. Like you feel them when they're not around you. And so if they're cheating on you, right? If you have you have some things going on with your 8th house, you're going to feel it, especially if you have Pisces there. Okay? So very sensitive, very intuitive Very exploratory, too, because this is a mutable sign, Pisces. So very exploratory, um, usually very romantic, but might be in love with being in love. So (laughs) Um, probably not. This is not the most loyal archetype necessarily, but very sensitive. And if this person is a high vibration, um, then they are going to be very loyal. They're going to be very uh, sensitive to your emotions, um, very much about that deep connection. They're going to be very, very, intuitive in bed, kind of like that Virgo I was talking about earlier. Uh, Pisces, Cancer, Virgo, Archetypes, um, Scorpio, they're all highly intuitive, you know. So when it comes to sexual matters, they they know what you're liking, they know what you're not liking, and they're going to figure out if they need to. And Pisces are more just naturally intuitive about it. So they're not going to really think and be, you know, like, analyzing they're going to be more intuitively like just going with the flow like water and so if the pisces is like you know in you know in this like intimate place with you they're going to be in your energy and so they're going to know what you're what you're enjoying and what you need and so that becomes becomes a very psychological connection a very deep intimate psychological connection and uh yeah so <laughs> anyways that was the signs on your eighth house Um, We'll do more on the 8th house because there's so much more to it. But I just wanted to go over the signs today. We can go over the planets and the nodes and all of that good stuff in another one. Um, I can also go into talking about uh, some of the big celebrities like, you know, Elvis Presley and uh, Sigmund Freud and Carl Jung and their 8th house stuff and Prince because they have a lot of 8th house stuff. Um, And so I have a whole list of them that I could go over with you guys in another another one, but I'm going to stop it here because that was a lot of information and it's already been like, I don't know, 40 minutes or something. Um, so I hope you enjoyed that. Um, I will see you next week for another fun episode of sex and astrology. I hope you're enjoying it. And I would love feedback if you have any uh, suggestions or anything. Um, I have a few, quite a few episodes coming up already, uh, lined up. So yeah. Okay. I'll talk to you soon. And if you want to find out more about me, go to brandyjoy.com. Bye for now.